welcome to Equip. So once again on today's episode, we have a gentleman, a missionary um, with a prophetic, fiery preaching style. And uh, he is a missionary right now in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, along with his wife, Kim. Um, so welcome, Doug Paradise. Hey, it's good to be here. Yeah. Seven years in Cambodia. My wife started saying, honey, we need to go back to Vietnam, have faith and move back to Vietnam. I said, why? This is my home. She said, because we have less work to do because locals have been raised up. They're taking over the churches. You're working your way out of your job, which is what a missionary does. I said, stop talking that way. That is unfaith. That is unbelief. And so, but it was true. And so, uh, again, I found myself arguing with the Lord, arguing with my wife, and said, I, I, I would die for these guys over here. Uh, we've seen the work develop into other places of uh, Cambodia with other Khmer Rouge uh, populations and just have great times in the Lord. So on, our, our, on a previous episode, you were sharing about um, how the Lord took you and your wife and you guys were in Cambodia and how he gave you really just a love for the people that were there. Um, and the, it's an it's, um, uh, organization called, it was a terrorist organization that was over there that kind of allowed you in. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, the Khmer Rouge were Khmer Rouge, uh, yeah. Maoist communists trained by uh, Mao Zedong. Yeah. So these guys were mean, mean motor scooters type of people until they came to the Lord. And we saw them come to God. They, uh, we loved them. They loved us. And they told my wife, don't worry about being Vietnamese. We'll protect you. Wow. Uh, so favor, favor, favor. So yeah. I'll, again, I, I thought I'll die here with a joy in my face. Came back to the States, prophetic conference. Who was there? Keith Hazel again. I wasn't looking for him. I was actually in the bathroom. The meeting was over. And he said, where is Doug Paradise? Go find him somewhere. It was Montana. So they went and found me in the bathroom. And so brought me back. Keith said, I see you going back to Vietnam. I see a basket of fruit on your head. And, and God says, I'll do all this fruit of the spirit kind of stuff in that country if you'll go back. And I'm going to give you a teaching ministry. And I thought, right, I don't think so. So now I got my wife against me. I got Keith against me. And uh, so to speak, but really for me. And so uh, I looked at Cambodia and said, I know it's your will to go back to Vietnam. And God said, I'll let you straddle both nations. And you've got more maturity now. You know how to do better what you do in Vietnam. So we got busy, kept track on Cambodia, and moved into teaching in Vietnam, moved into teaching, moving into some prophetic. I thought, where did this come from, Lord? Because I have one year Bible school, whoopee. Hmm. Uh, one day in Cambodia, um, I got an email from somebody I did not know, a missionary that's living in Thailand, but from the States, a real missionary, four years Bible college, knows the language of Thai. And he said, I heard about you. And uh, he said, I want to meet you in Phnom Penh this week. So I was in Phnom Penh for a week. At the beginning of that week, I prayed a prayer to Jesus, and I said, God, if you ever want me to go to Myanmar, okay, invite me this week. Otherwise, don't ask me, please. Because um, I had a thing once back in 95 about Myanmar. And uh, so on day five, this American guy showed up. He said, can I go with you to Vietnam on the weekend? I said, sure. So on day seven, we're in this bus. And he said, you ever had a burden for Myanmar? I said, I faith like, uh, Myanmar, where's that? And finally, I said, yeah, I have a little burden for him. He says, well, I know every big gun in the country, the real people. And would you like to go? I said, sure. So he said, when? I said, as soon as possible. So to cut to the chase, he brought me into Myanmar, where there were fine missionaries doing lots of stuff and all kind of things. But God said, I need you there to do something too. So on the first night I got to Myanmar, I found myself with 25 significant pastors, 25 wives. Who am I? Nobody in the flesh. Nobody. The most influential church in the nation, the guy's right there. The meeting did not go well, not because of me, but some problems that had to do with some other things. 
So I figured first impressions are everything. This is a, not a good impression. But in the parking lot, three guys said, can you preach tomorrow? Hmm. So the Lord said, there's a lot of good guys here, but find out who's really for real, for real, and connect with those two or three people. So I, I preached in the most significant church in the nation that next day. Hmm. Uh, their Sunday school was 200 people, and it was not a normal Sunday school. And feisty. And so God connected us in that country and uh, started working in a conflict zone where there's a civil war currently going on in two places in the country, and the government's to blame. Uh, and so working with a lot of young people, their church plants, having a great time in Myanmar. Um, and I thought, this is it. I, I never thought I could do what we're doing, uh, not to lift up self kind of a deal. And um, going back to the prophetic, changing streams here for a second. When I was living in California, attending a certain church, that pastor was quite prophetic. There was a conference at some small church. And uh, I was going to listen to Keith Hazel preach over here, but he said, no, they need you over this church. And I said, what for? He said, just go there. So a guy named Hugh Laburn from another church uh, was the, the prophet speaker. So I sat in the back. He was on a big throne up there on the, the stage. It was kind of a funny church. So he said, come on up here. Are you Doug Paradise? I said, yeah, yeah. So uh, I sat on one of the thrones next to him. And uh, so he said, we're going to pray for these people. And I thought, why am I on a platform? What are we going to do here? So this guy prophesied over a couple of people in front of me. He says, do you have a word from the Lord for them? And I said, a word for the Lord? <laughs> I said, I will kill What's Pastor happened? Dennis. I will kill him when I get back to him. <laughs> I have no idea what was going on here. And so he said, well, do something, pray. And this is in front of a mic and the whole deal. So I figured I'll kill him. And so I said, Jesus, bless this lady and touch her and da-da-da-da-da-da and touch the husband too. And I went, Phew. So he said, next, please. Another couple came up there. I said, again, I can't believe it. What am I doing up here? So he said, uh, would, you, would you like to prophesy with them? I said, I don't know how to prophesy. So, we'll just pray over them. I prayed over them. He kept taking turns for it. Finally, he said, it's your turn. You go first, I go second. I said, too much. So I, I prayed something, and I prophesied allegedly something that was just wimpish baby kind of stuff, I'm sure. And I'd, so finally, the night went on and on and on, and I just figured, this is a, a bad, bad night in my life. And it's not my fault, Lord, you know it. Um, and so, uh, came back. Uh, and uh, went back to Vietnam, went back to Asia. And somewhere in there, somehow other, prophecy started to develop. Mm. I never looked for it. I'm not trying to be a great anything, per se. And, I th and people started saying, you're a prophet. And I said, you're on drugs. I said, you're on drugs. I said, I you do speak so eloquently. <laughs> I, I do some of that stuff sometime, but it seems like it's an accident. And so I kind of found that thing. Uh, I bumped into the will of God in that thing. Uh, and so I found that in that area, I, I flow much stronger in Asia than I do, say, if I'm visiting the States or Canada. Mm -hmm. And I felt when it's needed, it's, it's the real deal. And so it amazed me when people would say, um, remember when you said this and you prophesied that? I said, I have no clue. Do you remember me? I said, I don't remember you either. And they'd say, this came to pass. And I'd go, amazing, amazing. And it wasn't to be humble or nothing. Just I thought, that really worked. So I'm a prophetic person that came in through the back door and in spite of I'm apostolic because I came in the back door, uh, and I'm a, a brother in the Lord because I came through the right door, mm -hmm. hallelujah. So working in those countries has kept us busy and active, and um, so one day, just to wrap these things up per se, I'm in uh, Myanmar, and uh, we're having a buffet breakfast, and the Australian team is there doing some orphanage work, I don't know them. So the guy says, hey mate, come on over here and have breakfast with us, and I thought, I want to have coffee with my wife, but I can't tell him that. So we sat down there, had a good fellowship. And uh, this guy says, uh, 
what do you do in ministry? So I talked about it. He said, will you come and prophesy over our team tonight? Mm. And I said, I don't, are you crazy? <laughs> I said, I don't do that kind of stuff. And he said, we just bought some American Hershey chocolates. Do you like chocolate? I said, Hershey's my favorite. <laughs> he says, I'll, buy, I'll give you a bag if you'll come and prophesy. I said, you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we went up there, had fun just laughing. Australians are good people. Ate some chocolate. I said, I'll pray over the seven of you. I'm sure we won't be prophesying tonight. They said it was the Lord. Uh, they, they didn't look like liars. And so this pastor said, I want you to come to Australia and preach in my church. I said, nope, no thank you. Six mm -hmm. months later, same team is in the same hotel, breakfast. There they are again. And at the end of the rap, he says, I want you to come. Da -da -da, will you come? And I said, no. Third time, why is this guy chasing me? Seemingly. And I said, listen, why won't you come to Australia? I said, because I'm called a third world. I'm called a Southeast Asia. Well, we just want to give you a vacation. I said, I don't do vacations. I don't do them at all. So I'm not against it, but not, I just don't need it. So he said, will you pray about it for crying out loud? Will you pray about it? I said, I'll pray right now. I went up to my hotel room. I said, I'll be back in 15 minutes. And I'm sure that God was going to say no. But he said, yes. <laughs> so I said, God told me to go. I made my ticket plans. Um, I got three emails in my Google alerts about Cambodia that said Nepal is having a Maoist insurgency, uh, communist kind of guys, uh, similar to Khmer Rouge, but more reduced. And I thought, why is that coming into my email box three times? Hmm. Hmm. Delete, I don't get it. Bangkok, I, I, I get in the plane there, they give me a newspaper in the plane, on the front page is a riot in Nepal somewhere. Looked at the picture, read the article, hmm. I'm gonna put that in my Bible. I didn't get it. Got to Australia. That night, the pastor, his wife, and me are walking to a place to have chicken. And there's a sandwich board sign in front of a sporting goods shop. It says, Kathmandu Sporting Goods, which I thought, that must be an aboriginal name. Well, the Holy Spirit said, that's the capital of, of uh, the country. So, went to sleep that night. Next morning, I get up, to my sh get my shoes on, 5 o'clock in the morning, turn on the lights, get my shoes. And right above my shoes, on the bookshelf, there's a cassette series, Nepalese, the language of Nepal. I woke up my wife and said, I'm going to Nepal. She says, where's that? I said, probably near India. She says, what will you do there? I said, I have no clue. Who do you know? Nobody. <laughs> when will you go? April 3rd. How do you know that? I don't. I wish I was that spiritual all the time. Yeah. So, uh, so I talked to the pastor and he said he knew nobody in Nepal. And so he didn't know how the tape cassette series got there. <laughs> mm. So anyway, um, I went back. The day I got back from Vietnam, which was the next day, I got an email and he said, there's a guy that just came in here from Nepal. Uh, he's doing orphanage work there. Somebody told him about me. And I talked about you. And so he's going to write you an email. So this guy's a Singh, Singaporean with a business in uh, Sydney. And uh, so he said, you don't know me and I don't know you, but I heard about you and this is a God thing and uh, I want to get you invited to Nepal. So I've written to Jason so-and-so, my disciple, that's in Kathmandu and he will invite you. So the next day, I got this email, said, you could tell he was uncomfortable. We don't know one another. I don't know why you want to come here. I'm really busy, la, 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 la. The only time I could possibly see you is April 3. So I said, I'll do it. So I was there for just one week. That's all the time he had. And after six days, he said to me, what are you going to do here? And I said, I, I'm trying to figure that out. Well, why'd you come? I said, I'm trying to figure that out too. So he looked at me, because things have all their ducks in line. And you know, when you heard from the Lord, you, sometimes you have no ducks in line. So, uh, I don't know. So on day seven, he introduced me to somebody, and this guy was a former Maoist fighter. I said, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I learned this stuff in Cambodia, and I can apply it here. Hmm. So just to fast forward, we're looking at a bunch of church plants up in the mountains in a conflict zone where the Maoists are 
had a, a successful insurgency, and, um, and it's, it's effective and long-term. Hmm. Amen. So you were instrumental in planting those churches in that region. Wow. That's, and, and you stumbled upon your prophetic gift. Yeah. Reluctantly. <laughs> Reluctantly. <laughs> Reluctantly. But, you know, and, and um, from what I understand, um, uh, through the network of churches that we're involved in, you are considered a prophet. And you're a prophetic missionary, a prophetic teacher, whatever you want to call yourself. Yeah, um, but like you that. just automatically just flow um, with your prophetic gifting. And you, you didn't really want to do it. You didn't learn. One year Bible school didn't teach you that. No. Um, so how did you continue to develop your prophetic gift? Praying in tongues a lot. Praying Pray in tongues, tongues a lot. That's good. When, when in doubt, pray in tongues more. Yeah. I'm hyper there and really meditating on word. Mm. Just not so much what am I going to preach this week, but for me. Yeah. Just saying my vertical determines my horizontal. And my heart is to, to please the Lord. And, and just uh, as most of us would be, I think. Um, and, uh, but I did not go to prophetic schools, and I'm not discounting their value. Uh, I did not have other prophets that rubbed off on me, so to speak. Well, Keith uh, Hazel, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah. this guy was like, he was Superman, and I'm just kind of, I don't know what, junior. Uh, but I found that the more we are used in that area, the more it tends to lead to a different level. Mm -hmm. It's just like yeah. the more exercise you do, the stronger you get. Yeah. That's good. Um, so you and your wife, Kim, you guys are in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. So you guys have a heart to make disciples and you're doing the work that the Lord has called you there. So what, what does that all entail right now in Ho Chi Minh City? Probably not much. Ho Chi Minh City is our base mm -hmm. per se. Uh, we tend to work in the north and okay. a couple other regions of the country where the fields are whiter than they are in Ho Chi Minh. Mm -hmm. Ho Chi Minh has got Starbucks and McDonald's and mm, some things have changed there. Yeah, so materialism has come in and it's kind of competitive element there. But where people are more in trouble, crisis situations, drug addiction in the north, 500,000 mm. heroin addicts, wow. um, some of the poor areas, um, there's an openness there to the gospel that there isn't in our part of the country. So uh, we work with uh, some people that are off the road, so to speak, and uh, our hope is, is make disciples that they'll become church planners or help pastors do something like that. So um, we're seeing good things. It's a young nation. Um, it's, uh, we need more church growth in Vietnam than we got. Uh, again, I find myself doing a lot of prophetic stuff over new believers or potential leaders. Um, and if I'm just saying, you know, listen, God's going to make you a better housewife and this kind of thing, I don't go that direction per right. se. But just, um, it seems like when we want to equip people, that's the main deal, to equip people rather than make them feel good about themselves per se. Mm -hmm. And the more I feel someone is, wants to be equipped, the easier it is to prophesy mm -hmm. and, and have faith as you're doing it. So, because uh, they want to do something, they want to be a worker in the kingdom. So uh, we're happy at whatever age or whatever sex or anything like that. And so it's, it's working good. It's working good. It could work better. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of prophecy is to edify, exhort, and comfort people so that they can live out their, their God-given purpose. Um, and, you know, what you were saying that your purpose is equip, which is the name of the show. Yeah. And so Surprise this is a perfect me. fit. Um, but um, what I want you to do is we have a lot of viewers right now. And, you know, seeing we have a, you know, somebody that's very active in, in the prophetic, can you just um, maybe start just praying for some of the viewers that might be watching that are going through challenging times or just need to be encouraged and just see if the Lord just gives you any words for them? Yeah, there's some personal leaders out there that have um, you've, you've become slack in your responsibility, some of you. You've become discouraged over some things that have just caused you to slow down your pace, and God understands your heart. Uh, God wants to say, by His grace, call upon Him. 
get back in the race. God will do it again. God will restore. God will revive. Uh, some of you need just encouragement, and I'm not just talking hype here, but the Holy Spirit is going to revive you uh, that are in this category, and he's going to give you a vision again of why he put you on the map, how he put you on the map, and how to help other people get on the map that God has called them to. Um, and God wants to encourage you uh, to run a tight race and to have long-term vision, says the Lord, so that you, you finish your race well. Uh, uh, God will do it again. Uh, there's, uh, there's some women out there that have just uh, been praying some prayers over some ministry situations, and uh, they've not come to pass yet. God says, don't give up. Hope is on the way. Help is on the way. Yeah, there's some um, people there that are struggling with cancer. God says, I'm going to heal. I'm going to heal that cancer situation you're standing in the faith for right now, says the Lord. God's going to give you a word of faith. Again, some cancer victims are going to find themselves healed uh, when they go back to the doctor and the blood test is made. Hmm, wow. There's some potential evangelists out there. You've thought, I want to be an evangelist, but I don't have the goods. I want to be an evangelist, but I don't have the training. I don't have the money to get the training. The Lord says, the call of God is upon some of you out there, and you're going to know who you are by hearing this prophecy right now. And God's going to give you the, the boldness and the courage to step out and do the little thing that God says start with right there. And I'm going to add to it, and there's going to be a momentum that's going to come like an avalanche, slowly, step by step. You're going to find yourself thrust into the harvest field, and you're going to bear fruit, says the Lord. There's a few older people out there, maybe more than a few, that are just reflecting back on your former days. Remember when God used to do this and when God used to do that? God says, why are you alive? Forget the former things, says the Lord. Behold, I do a new thing. I will satisfy you with strength, even in your last days, says God. God's going to renew you like that eagle of Isaiah 40, 31. And you're not going to just do what you used to do, but you're going to be stimulated on to further growth, says the Lord. God's given you some wisdom, some of the older people that are listening here. And God says, I want to activate that wisdom with a fresh grace from the Lord and to see yourself as a parent in the Lord, as apparent to others, says the Lord. There's some of you out there that lack financial, especially struggling in ministry. God says, I'm the God of hope and I'm the God of Jehovah. I'm Jehovah Jireh. God is going to provide in the days ahead supernatural provision to take care of you and your family and the ministry that you're called to do. Even though things have been bleak, God says, I'm going to give a breakthrough. I'm going to turn some things around and you're going to see you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. And God's going to provide liberal finances in some situations that look impossible. Fight the good fight of faith. The Lord says, I remind you, fight the good fight of faith. It's good because you can win. The Lord reminds you. Faith pleases the Lord. And he's going to give you a faith pleasing, says the Lord. I just want to say one little story that goes along with this line. I don't, I don't chase prophets, nothing like that. I, I see a prophet ministry to us about every 10 years maybe. Because uh, we're over there and prophets tend to be over here. And... Um, so Phil Kane, a prophet from UK, I uh, was in the meeting, he happened to be there, and he said, I, I see paradise. He said, you lost a lot of money, mm -hmm. a lot of money. It wasn't your fault. And uh, God says he's going to restore sevenfold what the thief has taken. And I'd read that scripture many times, but it never applied to me. I thought, what does that mean? So I went home that night, and I said, I know what that means, because when I moved to Cambodia, 10 banks were closed down by the corrupt government. They took all the money. And I had 60,000 bucks. Wow. I had worked day and night for two and a half years to save that money for missions. And now I had nothing. So I wanted to throw rocks at the Prime Minister Hun Sen. 
I wanted to throw rocks at somebody, and I was not happy with the Lord. <laughs> I said, God, I've come all the way here. I'm, I'm your missionary. Hello. I'm in a dangerous country. I can get killed here. I've been trapped in gun battles and all kind of stuff. And then you let the devil take 60,000 bucks from me. So I went off for a couple of days. <laughs> I said, Lord, I didn't ask to be a missionary. <laughs> I was having a good time in California. But having said that, I had that prophecy. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work that prophecy to, to, to its life. So I, 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 this is what I started doing. I'm not a crazy guy. I said, Satan, in Jesus' name, you owe me. And I multiplied 60 times 7. I said, you owe me $420,000. You owe me right now. And you, the Bible says you have to pay it back. So in Jesus' name, I command you to pay it back. Mm. I did not get a doorbell ringing with 420. But I went one day, one week, one month, one year, five years, 10 years. And I kept tabs of any extra money that came in that was not for the ministry. Hmm. That would be unusual funds. Yeah. Um, and about three years ago, three years ago, it's been a, bio, been a while there, a, a friend of mine died and left me his 42,000 bucks. Whoa. Shock. And I, I added together on the calculator, 420, not 421. I yeah. said, Satan, I said to Satan, you don't know me no more. And, you know, when I was going through the battle there, prophetically speaking, I said, God, either your word works or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, how can I preach it? I'm not into a money-hungry thing. I'm not chasing money. Just the principle. I've spent that money for missions and this, that, the other. But all 420 came back. So uh, the prophecy is a powerful instrument when you've heard from the Lord and it's really from the Lord. And it doesn't build up our flesh so much, but our spirit. We can take it to the bank, whether it's about a loved one that's going to come to Christ. It looks like they're going north, you know, and you can't get them out. Or whether it's about a healing or it's about a ministry he's promised you. It's going to fly. So I think we've got to chest the prophecy. It's got to be consistent with the Word of God in principle. Yes, that's right. Uh, and it, it doesn't puff us up, but it builds us up, as mm -hmm. you said, equips us. Hallelujah. Yeah. And yeah. it'll work. It'll work. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just as you were talking here, I just feel like there's um, some people watching that when Doug was telling his story about his um, first marriage and, and how it fell apart, that you kind of feel like, you know, that's happened in my life. And um, some hope is coming back into you now. So I just, I just encourage you, just as you draw near to God, He will draw near to you, and hope will be poured back into your life, you know, and, and um, like Doug said, it seemed like everything was coming together and then everything fell apart. And, you know, when things are falling apart, that's a perfect time to trust God to put those things back together, to put those pieces back together. And he will. You know, he, he loves you. He's there for you. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. You know, and it was at that point in time where, where Doug really started to live out the purpose that God had for him. Um, a missionary, prophetic voice to the nations and um, just in, in high demand from many nations all over the world. And God is using him mightily in these days to come. And I know many people that have heard, um, received words from you that have been encouraged and, and something inside of them has jumped up. And um, so I, I just pray that you were blessed today. So, so Doug, prophetic teacher, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, your, your life is an adventure. It could be a movie. Every time I hear your stories, I always think, you know, this could be a great Hollywood movie. Um, you know, just going from nation to nation, country to country, you know, dealing with um, war-torn areas and, um, you know, cruel, mean people that, that all of a sudden you find favor with and you turn them back to God. Um, so what would you say to somebody that is wanting to be a missionary out there and they are still, you know, maybe they have some fear, maybe they have some reservations, maybe they're waiting on God's timing. Um, what would you do to encourage them today? 
You know, I'd encourage them to plug into a mission-minded church. Mm, I'd, I'd learn what the word submission means, not legalism, but submission. Very good. Um, I would um, pray over the different aspects of what the Lord's put in your heart. I'd talk to a good pastor uh, and say, how can you help me or what can I do to do the practical kind of a stuff? I'd begin to pray over that nation or that region uh, consistently. I'd save some money and make a trip, maybe part of a short-term mission trip. And uh, just go, so if this is you, God, you watch over your word to perform it. Mm -hmm. I just get a taste of what missions looks like. Go to a Heidi Baker thing or whatever it might be, kind of a deal. And uh, if it's from God, God will feed that thing and start to stoke that fire, so to speak. And if we'll do the, if we, and I'd say, if you feel called to missions, evangelize right where you are. Evangelize mm -hmm. right here in Canada or some other country. Practice your faith here. If you can't do it here, you can't do it there. There's no magic anointing over there, so to speak. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I just would say, Lord, I'd, I'd put God in remembrance of the scripture. If God has called me, Father says, you watch over your word to perform it. I'd say in a nice way, but with authority, Jesus, you promised, Jesus, you said, uh, I don't know the timing, I don't know the when, the how, all that's your ball game. But you, but uh, Lord, I'm holding you to the word, hallelujah. So I thank you for opening doors that no man can close, and that's it, one, two, three, boom. And I'd be back in front of the Lord, I'd be back in front of the mirror and just saying, da 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 in Jesus' name, not repetition so much, but just to faith declarations. Mm -hmm. um, and so I believe that stuff works. Praise the Lord. Mm, that's so tough. we work in four nations, just those four. One more nation coming up, I hope, North Korea, and that's it. Mm. North Korea, wow. That takes a lot of courage, you know. And, and Doug and Kim are courageous missionaries. And so I just want to thank you guys for watching today. You know, if, if you've been touched by this program, if Doug spoke a prophetic word specifically in your situation and you want us to continue to pray for you, um, contact us. Go to equipministries.ca, fill out the contact form, and we would just love to hear from you um, if this something spoke to your heart, if something impacted you, if uh, you have a prayer request, or if you want more resources as well. We have the, um, more and more resources coming on the Equip website too. So we just thank you so much for watching today. We just pray that you are blessed and that hope is restored in your heart. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.